We want to read Galatians 2 and 20 as we read uh, every Sunday morning, and it's good that we can come together. We know that it's raining outside, as I've called that liquid sunshine, but the Lord knows best how that we need the rain. But the Lord is with us today, and He is shining on the inside of us today. And so we thank the Lord for that. But let's read Galatians 2 and 20 as we read every Sunday morning. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. You may be seated across the building today. It is good that we can come together again as a body of believers. I do want to say that I thank each and every one that came out to our Christmas banquet out at Mission Lake yesterday. We had a great crowd. We had a big, huge fireplace rolling, and it was nice and chilly yesterday. And I mean, we had, the theme was Italian theme. And man, there was all kind of Italian dishes that were there and uh, I was proud of my wife she cooked an Italian uh, dish and it was a hit and everybody said oh man that was great that, that uh, Tracy was able to make that dish and uh, <clears throat> and so it was it was really good and so you know we had all had been hammed and turkeyed out so we thought we'd change it up a little bit and it was really good everybody liked it you had uh, all the salad you wanted to eat and we had like a salad bar type thing set up and Man, I tell you, it was, it was really good, and so we definitely enjoy. And, and those bringing out the dishes, everybody came together, brought the, their Italian special dish that they had, you know. So, and, of course, the benefit is, is the pastor got to eat it all as well, you know. So I had to take it all in. So I did take it in, took some home with me, and everybody else took things home too as well. So, uh, so we're not quite Italian out. We're, we're still eating Italian food, and so... That's one of my, my family's favorite. Uh, all my kids and my wife love Italian food, and I, I do too. And so uh, it was really good that we got together. And uh, if you haven't been to Mission Lake, that's a beautiful place out there. I think it's over 2,000 acres, and I mean it is just ponds and lakes, and it's just beautiful out there, and especially in the summertime, uh, it's really beautiful out there, and we definitely enjoy going out there. And, um, and so it was good that we got together. Um, I'm ending up here, uh, right here on Sunday in my, my uh, Christmas uh, series of the Heart of Christmas series. And um, the title of my message today uh, is this, The Warnings of God. The Warnings of God. And, um, and I've talked a little bit about uh, how that Jesus came into this world, how that we looked at it from the Old Testament of how Isaiah the prophet prophesied hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus came to this earth. And so we, we looked at the perspective of what Isaiah was saying for the coming Messiah, and that is Jesus Christ. And we talked a little bit about Mary and how she felt when Jesus uh, came in. Uh, to her womb and how that she birthed the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Now, I, can't, I can't even imagine that. Can you imagine that? I can't even imagine that uh, of a woman birthing the Messiah. 
Jesus Christ. And then how that we saw where uh, the wise men uh, came, and we saw that through uh, this series. And so now I'm at the very end of the Heart of Christmas series, sermon number four, and we're going to look at this a little bit today. And the title is The Warnings of God. If you have your Bibles today, hold those up high. We want to thank those for uh, tuning in with us today. Uh, my prayers are something I can say to you and your family to encourage you along the way as we get in to God's Word today. And if you'll go with me to Matthew's Gospel. Matthew's Gospel, the second chapter, beginning with the 11th verse. Matthew's Gospel um, second chapter, beginning with the 11th verse. The warnings of God, the Heart of Christmas series, sermon number 4. Let's look at this. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. And now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother uh, by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod and that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Folks, I want you to know today, this is very significant here, what I'm reading to you today. As you learned last Sunday in my sermon, remember, Herod told the wise men, I want you to tell me about this son, Jesus, because I want to worship him too. And I shared with you last Sunday that you know that was nothing but a lie because the Bible clearly lets us know he was threatened, Herod was threatened, King Herod was threatened of Jesus because he knew there was something special about this Jesus that he had been hearing. And guess what? The angel of the Lord, because see Herod told his, the wise men, come back and let me know what you find out. Then the angel of the Lord told the wise men, don't you go back to where Herod's at. Don't you tell him anything? Don't you share with anything? The, the angel of the Lord said, you go a different direction. And as the angel was telling the, uh, the uh, wise men to go a different direction, the angel was also telling Joseph, take the child, take, take Mary, move out and head to Egypt because Herod was trying to destroy Jesus. He was trying to take out the Messiah, but we know that God the Father was taking care of His Son, hallelujah, born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
that this child was coming to earth and he was coming to earth for you and I. I want you to know this today. And I want you to know today that God gives warnings to us all. He gives you warnings. He gives us warnings. He lets us know what is right, what is wrong. And he is there to warn us in any situation that you and I get in, in any, any problems that we have. He is always there and I want you to know that today because the scripture says out of Egypt I called my son I want you to know today that Christmas is a past it's a past in our experience of this even this year a past in the scene before us within the Bible and the worship of the wise men came after the birth of Christ. I want you to know the worship did not come before the birth of Christ, but it came, the worship came from the wise men after the birth of Christ. And we are not sure just how long after his birth, and it may have been up even up to two years, we don't know. Scholars really, really don't know on how long but in Matthew 2 and, 18, 2 and 16, we see that when then Herod, Herod, when he saw that he was deceived, look at this, by the wise men, and was exceedingly, guess what, he was exceedingly angry because they did not do what he asked them to do, and he sent forth and put to death all, look at this, all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all of its districts from two years old and under according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. I want you to know this was a mean, wicked king. And he was so angry that he was going to cause murder all over the place. But praise be to the Lamb of God. God had his son Jesus protected. He had already warned the wise men through the angel of the Lord. He had already warned Joseph. He had already warned Mary. Listen, there were warnings that were coming for protection. I want you to know today God loves us so much. He doesn't want us to be lost. He doesn't want us to be in danger. But He's warning us every day through His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's why you and I must look to the cross. We must look to the birth of Jesus Christ because the Father has sent His Son to redeem us, to save us, to give us victory and calls us to do the things that He's called us to do by His power in His power and through His power and we have victory today and therefore we know that God will take care of us and He will protect us. I want you to know today when it was time to depart they were warned of God. When it was time to depart they were warned of God, Matthew 2 and 12, and then being divinely, look at this, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod. They departed for their own country another way. 
God knows exactly how to get your attention. He knows exactly how to get my attention. He knows what He's doing because He's Abba Father. He is Daddy. He knows best. And He will warn, He will protect, and He will save His own. I want you to be reminded that there are many warnings within the Bible. Joseph was also warned in this text as we see this. God has special purposes in His warnings as He warns us. I want you to know today with my first point is God's warnings are to change the direction of our lives. God's warnings are to change the directions of our lives. We may be going in a right direction, but in actuality we might be going in the wrong direction because we're listening to our own wisdom. We're listening to our own knowledge. We're looking to our own ability. But I want you to know today, God knows best for you and I. He sees the future. You can't see the future. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You don't, want, don't know what next year's going to bring. But I promise you today, God knows exactly what He's going to bring. And He's going to bring the very best for you. For it's not our direction, but it's God's direction in our lives. The Bible says in Matthew 2 and 12, they were being divinely warned in a dream. There are times that God will let us know whether we're doing right or whether we're doing wrong, and that's also the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, that's why I've always said don't quench the Holy Spirit, vex the Holy Spirit, uh, but don't grieve the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit that's within you, the comforter that's within you is never to be overridden. It is never to override the Holy Spirit, but that voice that's in you lets you know where you need to be at. Those are the warnings that the Holy Spirit gives us through the Father, through the Son that lets us know day in and day out. Yet we have a conscious and we also have a subconscious. But then there's that voice when we've asked Jesus into our hearts and life. Then the Holy Spirit that's in us, the Holy Spirit will speak to us and let us know what is right and what is wrong. It'll let you know should you say what you say, should you be what you be, should you go where you go, should you do what you do. This is what the Holy Spirit does within our hearts and life just as God divinely began to reach these wise men to let them know they need to go another direction. Listen, they departed into their own country another way. Review of the way they had come. They arrived in Jerusalem, summoned to meet with Herod. They did not go back by the same route. Meeting Christ by faith changes the way we take in life. Let me say it again. Meeting Christ by faith changes the way we take in life. 
when we look to Jesus and we've accepted Jesus into our hearts and life, then guess what? It gets us on the right direction. It is no longer what we're, what I'm doing, what you're doing, but it's about what Jesus Christ is doing in our hearts and life. He is divinely doing a work. He who begins a good work in you is faithful to complete it to the very end. When He starts a work in your life, God does not stop he does not quit but he continues on and he will do it and he will complete it to the very end listen I want you to know today we see that there's warnings all through the Bible we see warnings in Amos 4 and 12 we see uh, warnings in Romans 6 and 23 I don't have time to to get into this but I'm going to read a little bit of this uh, we get warnings of Hebrews uh, 12 and 6 Amos 4 and 12 therefore thus will I do to you O Israel because I will do this to you prepare to meet your God O Israel God gives warnings all through the Bible just as God gives us warnings that's why we cannot override what the Holy Spirit is saying when the Holy Spirit deals with you and when he comes to you then we are to listen to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to change our ways, change our hearts, change our minds so that we can do what Christ has asked us to do. Romans 6 and 23, these are warnings. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's another warning. For the wages of sin is death. You cannot sin and win. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay. And so that is the wages, the wages of sin. What's the wage? The wage is death. And there is life in Christ Jesus, for He is eternal life. Hebrews 12 and 6, for whom the Lord loves, He chastens, He chastises, He, he corrects and scorns. Uh, every every son, and and yet he 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 of whom he receives. In other words, he corrects. In other words, when we get out of the get out of place and we get out of line and we're not where we need to be, sometimes there's correction that God does in our hearts and lives. And then sometimes if we're not careful, we want to shake our fist at God and say, God, why did you do this? Listen, it's not for us to shake our fist at God when things come in our life. It's for us to embrace the cross. It's to embrace Jesus Christ. Why? He gives us warnings. But when those warnings come and divinely they come, we must embrace Him and say, God, I'm trusting you no matter what. Job said, though you slay me, Lord, yet will I trust you. He says, I know who my Redeemer is and I will trust you. Why? Because God has been faithful from the very beginning. And if He's faithful to the very beginning, He will be faithful to the very end. Give God praise in the house today. Hallelujah. I want you to know Paul took the light from heaven as a warning as we see in Acts chapter 9. We see Jonah. He saw his time in the great fish as a warning God warned Jonah in the fish as we see in Jonah 2. These are warnings that come through God. These are warnings that come from God. And we see this from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Why, Pastor? Why does God warn us? Why does God warn us? Because God does not want us to experience death. 
He wants us to experience life and more life abundantly. So there are warnings that even go out just as it was a warning for Joseph and Mary. Just as it was a warning for the, the, uh, the wise men. It is so a warning for us today. Listen, has God sent a warning to you? Has God sent a warning to you? Has He sent a crisis in your life? Listen, has He set, set a, a, brought a setback in your life? What has God done in your life to get your attention? Listen, there are times in my life that God has gotten my attention. And when God really gets your attention, the only thing you can do is look up. Because there's nothing else that you can do. Not money can't touch you. People can't touch you. Things can't touch you. Only thing that you can do is look up. But we must look up to God. We must look to the cross to no matter, no matter what we go through. We may be in great health right now. We may not be in a nursing home. We may not be in a trauma unit. But we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know what next year's going to bring. But I do know that if we stay in the hands of God, God will continue to take care of us. He will provide for His own. And He will bring protection. And He will warn us so that we will stay out of harm's way and He will let us know what is right and what is wrong. I was reminded back a few years ago, there was a lot of tsunamis that went on all around the world. And I remember of one tsunami that, that took place and how that Scientists studied a lot about tsunamis and a lot of times how that they, they take place. And what it is is the plates within the ocean starts shifting. They start moving, which causes a tsunami. But listen, I want to I tell you something, how, how it's it, it just mind-boggling, but how what God does. Did you know every tsunami that they've ever had all the animals on the ground, even animals in the sea, know when a tsunami comes before it comes. And did you know after a tsunami would take place, they found no animal dead. There was no animal to be found. Why? Because there's an instinct that God's given animals to let animals know to be protected before a catastrophe would ever come. I want you to know today God is the same way. He warns His people. He lets His people know. And when you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. He's in, we're in the palm of His hand. He's going to protect us. And He's going to warn you and let you know when something is right and when something is wrong. He's going to protect you and let you know that you should not or you could not or would not be in this situation because God was on the scene. I want you to know today, we all can say today that God has brought protection to us and our family in times of crisis, in times of need, 
we can, we can witness that. But listen, I want you to know that God is an on-time God. He is never late. He is never late. He might be a day or two, you may think, or four days late, but He is on time. He knows exactly what He's doing. And when you would say, I wish He was here, I wish He was there, if, if, he, if he was, then that would have been a major mess up. But if God does what God does as He does best, when we step out in faith and as we believe, God is faithful to complete it to the very end, and He will take Take care of you and I. My second point today is this. God's warnings are to deliver us from the destroyer. God's warnings are to deliver us from the destroyer. God's warnings are to change the direction of our lives. And God's warnings are to deliver us from the destroyer. He will change us to get us in the right direction that we need to be in. And He will also change, change the course and the point where that the destroyer, the devourer, will not devour you and I. Matthew 2 and 13. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother. Flee to Egypt. Stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. That was, that was Herod's job was to seek after Jesus to the point that if he could get his hands on that child, he would destroy that child. That's the same way it is with the enemy. The enemy is out to kill, steal, and to destroy. He will do everything he can to bring you down because he doesn't want you coming to church. He doesn't want you reading your Bible. He doesn't want you in prayer. He doesn't want you to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So the destroyer is out to destroy you, not just today, but he's ready for tonight. He's ready for tomorrow. He's ready for next week because he does not sleep, nor does he slumber, but he He's out there trying to bring you down to where he can bring death into your life. But God warns and delivers us from the destroyer. Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Herod's aim when he had talked to the wise men, talked of worship but intended wickedness to try to take place. He talked of dedication, Herod the king did, but intended to destroy him and cause destruction. Herod represents Satan. Hear me today. Herod represents Satan, the destroyer. John 10 and 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The thief has come to take everything that you know about Jesus Christ, everything that you're striving for, for uh, to, to know about Jesus Christ. He's trying to do everything he can to bring you down, but he's nothing 
nothing but the father of lies and he's nothing but a liar and there's victory in Jesus Christ through our son Jesus Christ. The Messiah has come. He has come to save the world. He went through death, hell, and the grave. He arose on the third day. He's seated with the right hand of the Father and therefore we have victory on time and Jesus has destroyed the destroyer. Give God praise in the house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus came to destroy the works of the destroyer. 1 John 3 and 8. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the very beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy, look at this, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's what Jesus has done. He's destroyed it. But there's a choice that you and I have. We have a choice whether we want to run with the devil or whether we don't want to run with the devil. Because Jesus has come to destroy the destroyer. And he did it through death, hell, and the grave. He was born, listen to me, he was born to die. Mary did not know when she was birthing a child she did not know that this child was born to die. But eventually, she found out and she realized that Jesus was born to die. Listen, my third point today is this. God's warnings are to direct us into the design of His Word. God's warnings are to direct us into the design of His Word. He directs us in the design of His Word. Matthew 2 and 15, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise. Take the young child and his mother. Flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. The angel of the Lord. God is speaking. God's coming down. Until I bring you, I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Now think about this. Here is a young lady that Jesus the Messiah was coming into this world, born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit. They were just as common as me and you. They came into this world. They had to pay taxes like we pay taxes. They paid taxes, the Bible says. They were trying to get a normal life going on because this is just abnormal. This is not normal. And they're paying their taxes and doing the thing, doing the citizen thing, doing great things. And then all of a sudden, Mary sees the wise men bringing all the gifts. And all of a sudden, Joseph is having a dream. And all of a sudden, it's been told, well, you can't make your house here. You've just paid your taxes. I know you're a normal family, but you've got to go because King Herod wants to kill your child. And so they've got to get up, they've got to move, they've got to go on. 
not knowing what's happening, not knowing what, what the future is, not knowing what's, what's going to take place. All they were doing was hearing the angel of the Lord as Joseph would see it in a dream. And yet that it might be fulfilled. God intends to bring our lives into the line with the Bible. Out of Egypt have I called my son. If you remember the end of that passage. Out of Egypt have I called my son. Egypt is a symbol in the scripture of the world. God is calling his people out of the world. Let me say it again. Out of Egypt. Have I called my son? Egypt is a symbol in the scriptures of the world. And God is calling his people. Hallelujah. God is calling his people out of the world. And even when this family was headed to Egypt, not knowing what the circumstance would be, not knowing what lies ahead, the scripture clearly says, out of Egypt have I called my son. God still had his eyes on the world. God still had his eyes on people. God still had his eyes wanting to save the world because God knew that his son had come to this earth to save this world. That he would be the ultimate sacrifice that would be paid in full. And that out of Egypt, God said, out of Egypt, my son would come forth. And out of Egypt, I called my son. 1 John 2 and 15 in my closing. Do not love the world or the things in the world and if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world let me read that again first john 2 and 15 do not love the world do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Is your life governed by the Bible? God sends his warnings in different ways. The wise men and Joseph were warned in dreams. We may be warned through our circumstances or His Word, the Word of God. The question would be, have you experienced a warning from God? Has God ever given you a warning? Have you gotten a warning lately? Are you willing to allow Him to change the direction of your life? The direction that you're going, whether you're going in your heart, whether you're going in your mind, whatever direction that you're going in, are you allowing Him to change the direction of your life? You may know best, but that may not be the best way. You may have all the wisdom, you may have all the intellect, you may have all the knowledge, 
But is that the best way? No, that's not the, that's not the best way. Because Jesus clearly says it in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. That is the best way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. We must seek, and when we seek, we'll find. When we fall at the foot of the cross, God will restore us. He will bring to us what we need. He will save us, and He will protect us. He will warn us and let us know what is right and what is wrong. He will reveal His will to you. God will reveal His will to you. He will lead you into the wonderful design of His Word. And His Word will come alive in your life and it will fulfill your life as the Word unfolds as you begin to read it knowing that the warnings of God is given to you day in and day out as long as you live. God will warn. He is not dead. His Holy Spirit is still on this earth. He is still here until the coming of Jesus Christ. His Holy Spirit is still here. He is still warning us and He wants to continue to warn us because He doesn't want us to receive death. Stand with me across the building, please. He will lead you into a wonderful